We acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which we record this podcast, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. We recognise their continued connection to the land and waters of this beautiful place and acknowledge that they never ceded sovereignty. We pay our respect to their elders past and present. Hello and welcome to another episode of This AFL Life. I am your host, Alison Smirnoff, and I'm very pleased to say we're all back on deck this week. I'm joined by my co-host, Susan Cadman. Hello. How was New Zealand? Oh, it was incredible. It was the dream. Spent the days on the sleeps, falling on my butt. Um, But I'm all in one piece, which is fantastic news, and... I'm feeling very relaxed after a week away and very fortunate to have had no no um, issues with my flights or anything. So really on top of the world. Perfect. And, of course, also joined by my other co-host, Rachel Hibbert. Rachel, how are you going? I'm pretty well, thanks, Al. I have to apologise for Gavin. If you can hear a squeaky toy throughout the episode, <laughs> it is Gavin featuring his donor. Um <laughs> And yes, I'm. I'm also eating my dinner, so mm. I'm. I'm well. I'm yeah, well. I, I heard you had a bit of a, a bit of an adventure with your dinner tonight. Do you want to want to fill oh. the listeners in on what happened? A big day. It was in the office in the city uh, on the six o'clock train home. Took Gav for a walk to the park. Ordered some faux while I was at the park on Uber Eats, so that it would be at my doorstep when I got back. Oh, that's that's great for me that's you know pre-planning mm. not just even pre-planning it's just yeah it's just planning isn't it really um but anyway uh so put my order in I come home um to three messages on my phone in Mandarin I had to google translate them the first message said I've left foe outside second one said in a bush and the third one said front of house so I knew that my foe <laughs> somewhere in my front yard near <laughs> or under a bush <laughs> um so after a little bit of scavenger hunt gav and i managed to find my foe in a plastic bag um i've just heated it up and i'm scoffing it so all in all a very eventful filling day al um <laughs> you've you, you've also been on a holiday tell us about the last week what oh i just doing? oh look just a very quick uh trip interstate over the weekend um just with some work pals um it was very nice up into northern new south wales and northern rivers area it's very beautiful up there um so yeah really really nice beautiful weather you, didn't need a puffer jacket that's that was my next question no Katmandu required no i didn't even take fantastic. it fantastic yeah we're getting there we're getting mm. there and like caddy no issues with my flights either Amazing. Unheard of, really. So um, in my spare time over the last few days, I actually listened to last week's episode of This AFL Life, which is something I haven't done yeah. since I became a host of the show. The Get out of episode. town. <laughs> so I just wanted to say thanks for your well wishes about my holiday. I had a great one. And I did hear all of the um, Carlton Essendon um, back and forth. So we'll uh, store that one for later. But um. 
I feel like you all managed okay with that. I mean, I'm not even sure if the listeners realised if I was here or not, so <laughs> it probably wasn't too different to you. Should. I think I swore at you without you even being there, so... <laughs> That's fine. Go to please. <laughs> um, any 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 notes or, or feedback on the episode apart from the uh, Essendon banter? Um, look, I mean, we can definitely be more professional, but we already knew that. So, <laughs> what are you saying? <laughs> nothing, nothing at all. I'll take this one off off air, Alison. No, but it was lovely to uh, hear chitter chatter thoughts and. Um, I did did note you talked about injuries of which there's been an, another um, another particularly sad ACL on the weekend too. So unfortunately that is continuing to impact. It really is, yeah. Mads G at Carlton, um, someone that we know really well. I just yeah, I I just have no words. Uh, her third, yeah? Uh no, it's her second. Second. Um second knee but the other leg. So mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's just, again, what more can we be doing for these athletes? Um, I just have to shrug at the moment when people bring it up because I, I don't really know how to respond or, or talk about it anymore because I think we've said everything we can. Um, but just sending Mads all the well wishes in the world, you know where we are. If you need a chat or a yarn or a, a rant or a cry, um, I'm I'm very good for all four of those things. Um, particularly when it comes to knees. So, um, yeah, I've been in touch with Mads and she's been in a bit of disbelief, as we all are. Um, so, yeah, just sending you all of the love and good vibes. And oh, I'm, I forgot to make a comment last week to never wish someone who is suffering from an ACL injury a speedy recovery. I think that is one mm. of the worst things you can say to someone um, because this recovery is not about being the fastest. Yeah. It's about being the most um, thorough recovery you can possibly have for yourself, both mentally and physically. So I just hope you have a smooth recovery um, with some really good ice cream because that helps <laughs> everything. <laughs> What's your go-to ice cream, Hiba? Uh, I love a Maxibon. Hmm, yeah. Interesting. Get the best of both worlds. It is quite tactile, um, which can get messy, but I, I very much enjoy a Maxibon. What what are your flavors? Your your go to ice creams? I really like gelati, and oh. when I get gelati, I usually get chocolate and lemon. Yum. Yeah, I'm with you here. Maxibon is a good go to, but are you a biscuit or a chocolate cover like the crackle bit? Because oh. that's the bit that gives that causes like serious arguments in my friendship circles. That's split ups. Well, I eat the I eat the chocolate crack crackle bit first, and then the biscuit, obviously. So you've got something to hang on to. But yes, I do enjoy a bit of crunch on that outside. Yeah. See, I think Be biscuit, nuts. biscuit, biscuit's the best bit. A little ice Goodness cream sandwich. Me. Goodness See? me! See, I've already caused it. <laughs> Let's band aid that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I'm going to have to buy a Maxibon and uh, get back to you on that. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Sometimes woolies look look out for the woolly sales. Sometimes you can get a box of those bad boys for real cheap. So I, yeah, I yeah. can't remember the last time I had one. So I'll I'll definitely do some research. Um, but I'm sure this is really interesting for our listeners. Um, but there was some bloody huge results on the weekend, like in terms of margins. Um, 
Brisbane Lions are looking ominous. I'm so glad I brought them up yes. in the first episode because otherwise we would have forgotten about them <laughs> and, again, again, not mentioned them until episode four and been like, oh, I remember the Lions. Um, they are having an incredible season. I think we just bring it back down to the fact that they have stayed mostly the same and they're really cohesive and they're mm. just dominant out there and Stas has done such a great job with that group. Um, Oler O'Dwyer has seriously, seriously gone to my top three players in the competition and Emily Bates takes another oh, of those spots. Batesy. Um Just incredible footballers, actually. Mm. Uh, uh, just so skillful and so fit, which makes it easy to get around the ground, funnily enough, and to cover all of that ground and get the footy. So, yeah, loving the lines. Also, Anderson just like averaging twenty three disposals over the first three games, like insane. Yeah, insane. It, ugh, they were just so dominant. Yeah, I think unfortunately there was a few games on the weekend that was one of them where, um, probably some of the weak, don't want to say weak lists, but some of the not so experienced lists um got a bit exposed against some better teams. I think that I actually turned the Brisbane Suns game off for three quarter time because I. I felt um it felt bad watching it. <laughs> Nothing's bad to say, but you know what I mean? It felt it felt like an, an old school thrashing that one. Mm, um 73 uh, points, like that yeah. just unbelievable. Yeah, exactly. Um Dare I say um we've been on the end of one of those and it just gets a oh, bit um exactly. exhausting, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> oh. yeah, definitely. And yeah, the swans had it not quite as bad, but the Giants had a pretty decent win over the Swans and um, I think that was an interesting, a bit of a bit of an interesting barometer, I think, for both those teams um, considering sort of the Giants and their injuries and whatnot. Um, and, of course, it would be remiss of me to not mention the Bombers as mm. their record-making first-half score, which was absolutely an absolute dream to watch. They were playing some very impressive footy over in the West, but good on West Coast for... Um, pulling that back a little bit and slowing them down in the second half. But, um, and the first ever win from an expansion side against an established side, which is pretty uh-huh. exciting. There yeah. you go. So, um, yeah. Just, I'm back to Brisbane. Sorry. That's fine. And looking forward this time is next week we've got Brisbane versus Melbourne. Mm. And it's meant to be uh, down at Casey Fields. Mm. Can we get it trending again to move this game to Marvel? I just think it is stupid to have two of the top sides playing each other an hour out of Melbourne with no grandstand, no good camera angles, no good atmosphere. Move it to Marvel. I think Beck Goddard and the crew at Essendon as well did such a good job to move their game and we saw how good it looked and how professional it looked and how much the the women valued being valued. Um, mm. I just moved it to Marvel. Yeah, especially like 4.10 on a Sunday. Like no one's going to go if, unless unless you live yeah. out there. Like I'm, like it's just not feasible to go. Yeah. It's a shame, isn't it? Because it, it will surely the game of the rounds so yep. by far. So. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, – yeah, that was a really good momentum they built in terms of that first Essendon Richmond. Ah, uh, sorry, Essendon um, Hawks game. Um, yes, but I reckon, yeah, 
I don't know if we'll see it again, um, happen again now, but um, I think, you know, who knows? You never know. Might, it might, it might be generous. Um, the other game I watched, which I I think I will get to it a little bit later in the episode about um, our young guns and the younger uh, amazing footy players that are coming through. But, gosh, the return of Gabby Newton is something to marvel at. Um, I think I've said Marvel seven times in the last seven minutes, but anyway. <laughs> um, <laughs> she was unstoppable, contested marks mm. off the ground, yeah, aerial, aerial contests. Oh, God, she's amazing, and I'm so thankful that she's back to her form. Um, and I, I can't wait to watch Footscray going forward because I just think now they have that missing piece that Izzy Huntington was so important for, um, and but even better we've got another number one draft pick mm. in Newton um so really excited to watch the doggies I think yeah I think it says a lot about um the doggies recruiting over the last few years that, that they can lose a player like Huntington and then Gabby Newton returns and just slots straight into that role um they're probably still missing Bonnie too good replacement I think just that other person that can really take a clunk overhead Caddy and I were actually at that game on Friday night have to say it was pretty average to watch, but Gabby Newton definitely stood out. Yeah, it was um it was a bit of a shocker. <laughs> yeah, I agree. It was uh bit bit scrappy. I'm not sure what happened. It was just one of those sometimes those games happen, but yeah, yeah. um she definitely stood out. Like I think really, yeah. really stood out. So um the other game we were at too, Alison, um that we went to that you weren't at, but it was for your team. Um, I'm probably pretty lucky I wasn't. (laughs) Yeah. Don't know if you uh, want to talk about it, but it was a draw. The first draw of the season, the uh, Blues-Port game, where Port came out absolutely firing and Carlton, I think, weren't expecting it um, Mm. and slowly pegged it back, but uh, couldn't quite get the job done. And it was a shame in a bit of a milestone, couple of milestones in that game too. So um, shame they couldn't get over the line, but um, good on Port for really taking it to them. I thought I was pretty impressed with some of some of the passages of play. Um, so it's really nice to see some of the expansion teams coming in and shaking it up a little bit. So um, that's as a non, <laughs> as a neutral <laughs> supporter, of course. But um, yes, the first draw is, is in the books too mm. for the Look, I haven't watched the game. Um, Probably wouldn't worry about it. (laughs) But look, you know, Carlton just like to entertain and, you know, I'm big fans of thrillers. (laughs) So (laughs) so one point win, draw, you know, you never know what you're going to get. Luck of of the draw, but Mm. not really. Mm. (laughs) The only other game of that round that I would like to give a mention to is (laughs) the Mighty Cats. They didn't win, but they held it to Collingwood Mm. um, on Saturday, I think in a team like Collingwood who is so established and have some absolute stars, even without Benici and Davey, as we've spoken about, um, Geelong did really, really well to keep Collingwood to 15 points is is actually amazing. Um, Amy McDonald once again shining for the Cats. I just don't think we've spoken about her enough. Uh, She has one of the most... Bizarre kicks in the oh whole my God. competition. Kicking action. The, the, yeah. Oh, 
it's bizarre. Bizarre, but, but so effective. Darn effective. <laughs> <laughs> um, she's incredible. So I really look forward to watching again Georgie Prasparkas, Amy McDonald, and the I guess the next star of Geelong, who's um, Rebecca Webster, um, coming through. So cats are looking really promising, and again, they just needed to kick straight um, to secure that win. So looking forward to Geelong season this year once again. I I do love that change in approach when it comes to coaching that happened that's probably happened in the last five six seven years where instead of trying to get everyone to do a ball drop in the same way it's just if it's effective like hold the ball however it's comfortable for you as long as the kick is effective it doesn't really matter yeah there's an absolute shift yeah I can tell you that that is absolutely been a shift um in recent times like it just used to be this thing you had to hold it this way and you had to drop it this way and you just you know there was no other way to kick it and now and you know you had to learn to kick it on both sides in the exact same way and doing it and it's a hundred percent been a shift to obviously you know there's there's ways you can hold a ball to make it more you know have probably get more drive behind it and all these kind of things but um I think it's probably also an influence of the cross coders coming in a mm, little bit mm. that's sort of like trying to train a, a professional soccer player out of doing the kicking around the football kicking, mm. you know kicking around rather than kicking through yeah is probably um not your best investment of time rather than thinking they can hit their target who cares how it gets there mm. <laughs> um let's think about all the other things that we can do around that so yeah mm, completely i remember dad a couple of years ago uh I guess when I was kind of looking to take that next step in my game and I was like, what can I do better? And I realised I had to be able to kick it over about 30 metres to do an effective kick out or kick a goal. Um, <clears throat> and I, Dad took me down to the park and we kicked around for ages and I said, well, I feel like I'm holding it wrong, Dad. And he said, no, 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 it's not how you hold it. You just have to hit the ball in a certain spot for it to spin the way it should spin to go a certain direction or distance. And as soon as he said that, I started to look at the style of everyone else's kicking. And again, like you've mentioned, it was just, there were so many unconventional ways of kicking the footy comparative to watching my dad and my brothers kick, which had been drilled into them for 30 years. Um, But he was the first one to just say to me, don't learn it differently, learn it well. So um, yeah. And the cross coders, the Irish girls as well, that, you know, that style, Cora Staunton, I wouldn't even tell you, I couldn't even tell you how she holds the ball, but it just goes through the goals from from every, you know, blade of grass in the pocket. So loving it, loving it. Um, so Hiba, you had something that you wanted to have a bit of a chat about tonight. And I have to admit, season six of AFLW, we probably eased up on our appreciation of this particular player, but She's still a favourite of ours and we still like to refer to ourselves as the APFC. <laughs> Who would that player be, Hiba? Well, I think you've given it away with APFC. It is Elise Parker, number three from the GWS Giants. Uh, and I, I've just been looking at the, I guess, the teams of the week each week just to, just to suss, see who the people think have been playing well. And Elise Parker just keeps being there time and time again. And 
time and time time and time again she's a star at GWS and I just don't think that everyone appreciates her enough I think if she were a Victorian player we've said it time and time again and I've said time now eight times but if she were the star of North Melbourne or Melbourne or Collingwood or Hawthorne we would be hearing so much more mm. about the effect that Elise Parker has on the game. So I just wanted to kind of bring us back to have a look at all the young guns in our game um, and who you've been enjoying watching both tear it up already and who you're looking forward to see develop with this game using both the, the older heads as mentors but also their incredible skills that they've already got coming into this competition, which they're only just going to get better and better at um so yeah just wanted to talk to you about who you think will be i guess the next elise parker or the next star of of the game there's a long list i'd say um in addition to sort of elise parker i, I thought i was looking at the stats on the weekend of um the Prasparkas and conti mm. like they had really similar stats both of them kicked three goals and had around 20 possessions and you know a couple of tackles each and really and I just was thinking, isn't it funny that we've already kind of moved past them as being like the old hands? Yeah. <laughs> and they're both Completely. So young. Yeah. 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 This is like, yeah. that's ridiculous. Aren't they both 21 or 22 or so? I don't mm. know how they are, but they're very young. And mm. I just think that we're already like, all right, who's the next generation? You know, these Elise <laughs> Parkers and Pris Parkers and Contis. And you're like, they're they absolutely so young. They're so young. <laughs> And oh. the way that they're controlling every, like, week in, week out, same same as Elise um, Parker, they're just dominant and really shouldering, you know, a lot of responsibility mm. in their positions yeah. as well as sort of the key um, possession winners and decision makers out of the middle um, and, yeah. then, and kicking goals. Like, I just, <laughs> I just think it's – I was having a little giggle to myself thinking, yeah, um, they are still under 20 or 22 yeah. or under 24. Well, Parker's 22. I mean, yeah. I was not shouldering <laughs> anything at 22. I'll tell you right now. <laughs> and she's already got three best and fairests. Like yeah. it's, she's, she, she is the top disposal getter in the competition at the moment. And she's averaging the most disposals across mm. the game. And so averaging, she's beating out those yeah. Emily Bates. She's beating out the Anne Hatchards of the game. She's beating you know, the Ash Riddell of mm. the midfield. She's just an absolute jet. Oh, she's a beast. 12, averaging 12 contested possessions as well, a game. That's just bananas. Imagine if the game was, you know, 20 minutes per quarter. Oh, huge I'd, numbers. You know, the numbers would just be enormous. Um, the other young gun that I have been enjoying watching from Melbourne is Eliza West. So it's, she's a cross-coder from basketball mm. and played you know, one and a half seasons of AFL in the VFL before getting drafted. Uh, I think Melbourne saw her at Casey and just knew that they couldn't let that, that talent go. And again, she's, you know, outshining the likes of Paxi and um, Hanks and Zanker in the middle there um, time and time again. So, God, they're exciting. Even Georgie Pasparkas as well. Mm. Like the sisters, they're just doing amazing, amazing things. Um, Mimi Hill, back from an ACL oh, injury and having, I, you know. I love Mimi. My God, Mimi, <sighs> what a jet. So exciting. Um, but actually another player who's really exciting to watch is Riley Wilcox from the Bulldogs. Yes. 
Very exciting. Kicked a Who ripper hasn't... of a goal last week. <laughs> Still hasn't finished year 12. I know. And that's the thing. Like, she, they played on a Friday night at five. She was mm. at school. <laughs> mm. Yep. Madness. They're going to be so good. So one player who stood out to me who, if I'm honest, I hadn't never really heard of before on the weekend was Steph Wales for the Bombers. Mm-hmm. A young, really young ruck, just been obviously just been drafted, um, kicked three goals, but three really impressive goals, like clunked some beautiful marks. One was a 40-meter, like a handball 40-meter running goal. You know, it was really, really impressive. So I just think that sometimes the younger rucks, players don't necessarily stand out as quick, as quick as mm. maybe, you know, your typical midfielders do. So I'm interested to see how her season goes, keeping a little close eye on her um, while we're on the Bombers. I think we've already talked about Paige Scott, but she's been outstanding so far for them. Kicked another three goals on the weekend, is clearly just built for footy, has yeah. a sort of similar build to mm. like your Pris Parker, Elise Parker type thing, um, and I think he's going to be a superstar. Yeah. Um, and then there was one other player who stood out to me on the weekend that who I kind of forgotten about, but Ellie McKenzie for Richmond. Yeah, of um, course. Yeah. Yeah. He's only 20. I just looked up <laughs> to see how old she, of course. Um, and, you know, just had an awesome debut season and has just continued on this year in mm. that form has really been um was a real standout for the Tigers on the weekend as well so mm. there were just a few players just at the top of my head that I thought hmm let's let's watch this space and you know even at the end of the season be good to check in on some of those players I reckon and you know you both will have some more as well <laughs> well it's funny like you mentioned Paige Scott watching her over the first couple of rounds, I was like, God, she really reminds me of someone. And I, I just couldn't think who, but now I, I've realized that she's got real um Roxy Rue energy. Mm, that's a great call. Yes. Bit of a bit of sass and rightly so. <laughs> but a, a question I had for you, Caddy, like with, again, with your coaching hat on, um, especially, like observing players coming that are coming in through the talent pathways, ha- have you noticed a difference over the years? Yeah, I think it really came through last year. And, I mean, I guess this year <laughs> it's the same year, last mm-hmm. season, this season. Um, <laughs> it's very confusing for me. Um, mm-hmm. But 100% the new the, – just this it's just the skill execution. I think that is the biggest standout. It's not even the footy smarts because I think there's plenty of footy smarts, pe- players with footy smarts around. Mm. But the skill execution is incredible from these players who have been come through the, the pathways. You know, they will hit, you know, their efficiency is much higher. They hit their targets much better. Probably their decision, maybe, I don't know, but their decision-making is probably a bit better. But I think it's the actual skill execution that you're seeing. Mm. They're really great in front of goal. Um, They can hit those um, quick 20-meter kicks, you know, release kicks a bit better. Um, And, you know, even just those, um, the handballs out of trouble rather than the dinky little handballs that happened a lot in the first few seasons, the kind of hot potato Mm. um, handballs, I think that, um, those new plays coming in, we're seeing less of that from from what I can see. It, yeah, it's that it's that raw raw talent that has actually been, I guess, 
harnessed throughout the academies and all of that kind of stuff as well. Um, we're seeing less of the lists filled of cross-coders and mature age athletes who are, you know, trying footy for the first time. It's, um, again, those those athletes, those football athletes who are rising really, really quickly. The other person who has been in the AFLW for whew, a fair few seasons now, um, who it's hard to believe is still under 22, is Jordan Allen at Collingwood. Mm. I love banging on about the party pies and um, I will bang on about them even more if they win the prelim this weekend. But <laughs> um, Jordan Allen plays a very similar style of football to that of Darcy Moore. And I think it's so interesting to watch um, both of them run around the footy field in very different circumstances. I mean, uh, the games are different, but their style of football and the way that they um, both talk to their teammates and move around the footy field is very similar. I think um, Alan's just going to keep going from strength to strength. Um, are there any midfielders that the two of you particularly love watching or any other names that that jump to mind that you're excited about? Well, I just really love in and under contested possession type players. So that's why I love Elise Parker. Um, Tyler Hanks is another one. Mm. Just, the, just the ones that are good finishers, but also do the grunt work. Yeah. So just before we finish up round four, mm-hmm. what games have we got our eye on? I know we spoke about the huge clash between Melbourne and Brisbane. Any other games you've got your eye on though? I think Collingwood Crows. I think all the games on Sunday will be interesting. Collingwood mm. Crows, Bombers, Richmond, Demons, Lions. I'm interested to sort of see where Collingwood's at. And the Crows haven't looked. They've been fine. They've been good, but mm. I haven't. Don't quite look like the team they have been previously. So interested to see the result there. And then I think Richmond Essendon could be a really good even match actually. I'm um, mm. interested to see how those two match up. Um both had good wins last week and yeah. So I think all three games on Sunday, super Sunday. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I'm also very much looking forward to Friday late afternoons game <laughs> between <laughs> Between North Melbourne and Geelong down in Tassie. Just interested to see how the cats go. Um, and also another one, Port and Sydney, two expansion teams. Just It's just going to be very revealing as the season goes on, I think, how the expansion teams go. So whenever they come up against each other, it's going to be a chance to win. That was my game of the round to watch, Al, other than what I've already spoken about, Brisbane and Melbourne. I think they're both looking for their first win Port Adelaide at Alberton Oval is quite um, quite a sight and will be quite um, a mountain to climb for the Swans. Um, I think that oh, Port were just so close on the weekend, literally literally half a minute away from, from winning, I'm sorry to say, Alison. Um, but I just think that if they can continue that momentum and a home crowd as well, I, I think they will run over the top of the Swannies. Um, and Lausanne will will coach her first win in in my crystal ball, which would be very exciting for us. But on the on the flip side, our beloved Swannies would uh, 
have a hard day at the office. But yeah, two my two watches for the weekend. If you if you don't have a lot of time to sit in front of your TV like uh, we do, <laughs> um, <laughs> pick the Port Adelaide Sydney game um, just because, and then Melbourne Brisbane will be it. Be an absolute cracker. And I hashtag move it to Marvel. <laughs> so. Caddy, are you going to attend the Bombers game? Like you? Yeah. Yep. That's my. It's um. I really love going to Vic Park and watching Collingwood play. So I was, and I really want to watch that game. But I think um. I think there could be a good crowd at two o'clock on a Sunday at Port for Bombers Richmond. So I'm gonna. Mm. I'm gonna get down there if I get myself sorted. Um. Yeah. I think. I think. Yeah. Is my answer. That's I wish I could idea. go to all three. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Teleport. Yeah. 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 Seriously. Um, and also I just I don't know, I've just kind of noticed something, you know, obviously Essendon are in the AFLW now, but just a couple of things over the first few episodes of uh season eight of this AFL Life. I've noticed that Hiba also very complimentary about Collingwood. I'm just wondering if the allegiances <laughs> we were born with i.e. me also with Carlton, are really just yeah. on show now. Yeah, look, I've yeah. got all the gear for Collingwood, <laughs> so it makes it very easy. And there is something very primal about barracking for the colours, which you know and love, and it's really difficult to barrack against them. I think I agree. It's, yeah, you're right. It is complete allegiance to the band. Yeah, it's really it's not just seeping in now, Alison. You're right. It's mm. it's quite prominent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not even high. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm, <laughs> I'm shocked. I'm shocked with my response to Essendon entering the seat. Like, cause I really truly like support so many teams in the AFLW mm. that I haven't missed uh when I was away, I even watched the highlights of the Essendon Carlton and was couldn't stream it, but mm. which I would probably not do with other teams so you totally you've um you've clocked it Alison you've really nailed me there um <laughs> I think it also probably has something to do with the absolute woeful shit show that is the AFLM <laughs> situation too so it's nice to just divert some attention some positive attention towards my 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 team so oh, I'm almost tempted to ask you how you feel about James Heard being interviewed for the role but I'm not I don't, don't want to. Don't ask me. Don't, don't ask me. Want to go down it's that a road. Can of worms. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, well, that is about all we've got time for. Thank you, Caddy. Thank you, Hiba. And we will see you all next week. Bye. Yes. See Have ya. A good week.